did you ever want to know how the conference industry changed in the last two years? Then this episode is for you. Philadelphia in 2019 was the last BioUS I attended in person. In March 2020, the world shut down to respond to the novel viral threat SARS-CoV-2. What effects did this have on the conference industry, especially the BioUS? Listen to Rich Masters, Chief Public Affairs and Marketing Officer of Bio. That the conference is important. It's a historic opportunity for us. It's coming back. And so uh, Dr. Michelle McMurray-Heath, our CEO, Dr. Michelle, um, said, we're going live. We are going to do an event that is going to bring people back. It's time for people to come back. More importantly, it's time to celebrate the work of our industry. It brings all the best minds together. We've got terrific speakers and opportunities. Uh, Venus Williams and Aaron Andrews are going to be there to uh, address the convention and uh, give a speech. Dr. Michelle McMurray-Heath is going to be interviewed uh, by Dr. Stid uh, Mukherjee. I'm the author of The Emperor of All Maladies. And they're going to talk about what our industry did to get out of COVID. If people are listening and are interested, they can go to bio.org um, and check out our international convention. It's easy to sign up. Um, and we would love to see all of our European friends. There's no better place to be than in San Diego, June 13, 14, 15, and 16. As Executive Vice President for Public Affairs, Rich Masters leads an integrated communications, branding, and marketing strategy for the organization, including overseeing the policy communications that support the advocacy goals across each of BIO's sections. Prior to joining BIO in June 2019, Rich was an Executive Vice President at Quarvis Communications, where his clients included national trade associations, multinational corporations, foreign nations, and political leaders in the United States and around the globe. Beginning in 1996 until 2003, he served as communications and senior policy advisor to U.S. Senator Mary Lutrieu managing complex environmental healthcare, energy, and trade issues. Rich began his career as an on-air radio personality, then became a highly rated television host and award-winning political journalist in Louisiana before transitioning into political campaigning work. He holds a Bachelor in Political Science and Mass Communications from St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. BIO is the world's largest trade association representing biotechnology companies, academic institutions, state biotechnology centers, and related organizations across the United States and in more than 30 other nations. Which topics will you find in this episode? What is BIO and the BioUS 2022? How did the conference industry respond to the lockdowns? The availability of capital for innovation, entrepreneurship in the United States, and what's new at the BioUS 2022. I hope you enjoy the show the same way as I did. Rich, it's good to see you. Where are you in the United States currently? <laughs> Um, I am in Washington, D.C., about nine blocks from the U.S. Capitol. I live on Capitol Hill, fortunately. 
Oh, that's great. That's really great. So I have a nice view on, on Capitol Hill, I guess. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's uh, less than a mile from uh, the Capitol, from my house to the Capitol. I used to work uh, in the United States Senate for um, uh, almost eight years. I uh, came up here in 1996 and um, I we bought a little, we decided we were going to rent a house on Capitol Hill because I was going to work all the time and then buy somewhere with a yard and all of that. Uh, and then we fell in love with Capitol Hill and stayed here, and it's a great neighborhood. The last time when I was in the United States was in 2019, when I attended the Bio US, and I still got this uh, Philadelphia Cup from Starbucks <laughs> uh, from this from this time. I'm curious, how is the situation with uh, with the pandemic in the United States currently? Well, uh, listen, it's challenging. Um, and um, I'll tell you this, it's a whole lot better than it was a year ago. And it's a whole lot mm -hmm. even better than it was two years ago. Um, uh, but we're starting to see little bubbles of of reoccurrence of, of COVID, um, although not nearly as deadly. We're not seeing the death rates and the hospital and course uh, hospital rates because, you know, we have a lot of people. Most of our people um, have been vaccinated and boosted. So um, what you're seeing is the severity um, uh, go away. However, transmission is, is you know, still a, a bit of a challenge. We're keeping an eye on it, but we are really, really optimistic about our, um, uh, you know, about our, uh, you know, being able to come back. And, you know, all of this is simply because of the great work of our companies. Um, you know, I mean, three years ago, um, when we had our last one in Philadelphia, no one could have predicted this. I mean, just think about this, Christian. It's mm -hmm. amazing. When we met in Philadelphia, no one could have predicted this. Six months later, um, there was a challenge to the industry. This pandemic started coming in And governments and everyone said there's going to be no limits on science. Go get us a cure. Um, and guess what? The companies went out and they got us a cure because there was no limits. And that's why the theme of this year's in-person convention is limitless, because it is it shows what our companies can do um, if government and other actors don't get in the way. Uh, and so it's an exciting time for us. We are thrilled to be back in person. And the reason we're back in person is because of the work of our companies. And I'm talking about a dozen companies. There was at one point, Christian, 900 vaccines, treatments in development, 900 within a few months of the beginning of this pandemic. And it's because of all the research that our researchers have done for so many years. I mean, this was an amazing move from the entire industry. I think, uh, as you said, in March 2020, there were the first lockdowns here in Europe and no therapeutic was on the market and no vaccine was on the market. And I think it was only a year later uh, that the first vaccine was available for uh, treatment of the elderly people. Was it, uh, do, do I remember it right? Uh, yes. I mean, I, that that is about right. And so, you know, the interesting thing is a lot of people don't realize what bio actually is. Mm -hmm. So bio obviously is the biggest, most important convention um, that we, that, that the industry has. 
But Bio is an organization made up of a thousand different companies um, who are um, every day getting up and trying to end disease and make lives better. And it's biotechnology really across the spectrum. I mean, we're working on biotechnology experiments, uh, you know, on food and nutrition and on fueling and making sure that we can eliminate greenhouse gas. And of course, you know, the, the public health piece. So Bio is really more than a conference. I mean, our conference is like the crown jewel of the whole thing. But we're so proud of the companies that just jumped into the middle of this. And one of the things, honestly, Christian, that Bio did early on was because we represent a thousand companies, we pulled them together in a um, several different conferences to make sure we were coordinating our efforts. So again, we had 900 companies, 100 of them working on vaccines alone. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that we were complementing each other, you know, not kind of working on the same stuff. And we were able to do that. The other challenge we had early on in the pandemic was there was a shortage of laboratory equipment. Uh, there was labs that, uh, you know, had trouble getting plastic, you know, tubing bags and a number of other pieces of lab equipment. And so what we did is we pulled together and made kind of a Craigslist um, so that one lab, if it was in, you know, South Dakota in the United States, and there was a company in Germany working on a vaccine, but they needed pipettes. We were able to connect those two. So aside from just a conference, we work 365 mm-hmm. days a year to make sure our companies uh, really are pulled together. And so that's what makes this live in-person conference this year so exciting to us and the companies who are coming from all over the world. We have almost 200 sessions. We have um, probably close to 10,000 or more attendees actually come and being in person. And the reason they come to person is because all of the great work of our scientists. That's that's really true. Uh, Rich, I didn't I didn't know that. If, uh, the only thing that I saw from, I mean, as a European, I'm in Austria and uh, in, in Vienna in Austria. And the only thing that I saw from the bio was the bio US every year in June. Uh, can you leave, give a little bit more context what your organization is doing, what's behind it and uh, what you do besides the bio, bio US? That's a great question, uh, Christian. And it's true. A lot of people look at bio and they assume because it is a premier conference, it's a premier convention for our industry all over the world. 40% of our attendees will come from outside of the United States. Um, there'll be It's a massive international audience. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't understand that bio is a what we call an advocacy organization as well. So one of our challenges is um, U.S. policymakers or policymakers in Europe um, try to limit. Um, you know, we hear this talk all the time um, about, um, you know, policymakers trying to do certain things that could actually adversely impact the industry, that could limit investment in industry. I mean, if you look right now at what is going on in the financial markets as it pertains to investments in our small companies, It's really devastating. Many of these small companies are having difficulty raising capital. And Christian, you wouldn't think that because we've just, you know, come out of a period in which the beauty of biotechnology and the beauty of science helped save the world. You would think there'd be more investments now than ever before in biotechnology. And you're seeing the reverse. And part of that is because policymakers are talking about policies that would artificially um, set prices. Um, And instead of companies deciding 
um, what, how they're going to retain their money for all the investment they put back in. They're talking about government price controls that mm-hmm. come in and just tell, you know, this is the price you're going to pay. Which means if I'm an investor, why would I invest in something that I know I'm not even going to get my money back, even if it is successful? Um, And so one of the things, one of the many things that Bio does is we advocate for policies uh, that will help our companies thrive and will help our companies grow and will help keep investments in science. Only through investments in science can we do things like we were able to do during the pandemic. That's, I couldn't agree more. I mean, without investment, science cannot evolve into products. We have a similar problem here in Europe. I mean, there is a lot of public funding available on the, um, on the basic research side, but for translating, um, research into products, um, we still have a lack of capital and all Europeans are eyeing towards the United States because from our perspective, it's basically the heaven of capital, the capital heaven. How is the situation for investments uh, really in the United States? It's really, it's a difficult, um, it's a difficult atmosphere right now. Mm -hmm. Um, First, to begin with, the uh, inflation rate in the United States, coupled with uh, really kind of um, backward policy discussions, has caused a lot of unease in the financial markets in the United States. Um, You know, everyone is fairly, um, you know, bullish on the fact that, you know, in a year's time, um, that we're going to be able to have kind of a resurgence when people understand the kind of the impacts. Um, but it's still a difficult time, which means our work at bio is really, really uh, more important now than ever before. So I think to our European friends, we want to say, hold on, um, we need your help. Um, the truth of it is we have to make sure that we can maintain these robust capital markets. Uh, if, if these kind of onerous price controls happen, you could see the shifts and that's a real, that, that's a real, uh, challenge. And, you know, being in Europe, you understand this. I mean, you know, the vast majority of 1990s, the vast majority of investments, um, in biotechnology and in drug development was in Europe. Um, and then Europe came in with onerous price controls and all that capital shifted to the United States. And so the idea is sure that we have robust capital markets so that our companies, whether they're based in Europe and can work and raise capital in the U.S., that we still don't limit. That's, again, back to the theme of this convention, limitless. Our science can do anything as long as we don't put these artificial limits around them. Uh, It's a really important message that we're really, really trying to drive home. So as you can see at our convention, um, we are going to be talking about the limitless of our science. We also want to make sure that we're engaging people and getting them involved um, in the public advocacy that we need to help. One other thing, too, that I might add, um, when we talk about bio as a whole, there's another thing. Christian, that many people don't even realize that we do. We have a program called Bio Business Solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bio Business Solutions um, simply gives small companies a big company purchasing power. So, Christian, let's say you and I um, just came up with a, a cure for, oh, I don't, male pattern baldness, or we. <laughs> Or obviously something very interesting to me, but let's say you and I came up with the biotechnology mm-hmm. solution for that, right? And we went out and we raised capital for that, but we're a small company. It's just Christian and Rich and maybe one or two other scientists, right? So we're operating on a very tight budget. This is what these small companies face. And then you and I need to go out and buy a microscope and it might cost Pfizer 
$50,000. It would cost us $500,000 because we are a small company. We don't have that large business. Um, uh, we don't have that large business purchasing power. If you join Bio, guess what? Christian and Rich's company can get the same price that a big company gets just by being a bio member, which is really, really an important, uh, which is an important uh, aspect that a lot of people don't even realize about bio. So we're trying to encourage and we're trying to expand. We would love to increase our membership, um, especially in Europe. We already have a number are of you, are you are you Are you open for European and Asian companies as well? You always thought bio is uh, just for the United States. 100%. We are really going to be actively. We have a CEO, a relatively new CEO, um, who uh, came to us from Johnson Johnson. One mm -hmm. of the things she has said to us is that we really want to expand our footprint in Europe. Um, you know, you have a lot of interesting technology, you know, starting, you know, Germany and France and Austria. I mean, you, if you look, the biotechnology is again starting to percolate, generated a lot by U.S. capital, I might add, <laughs> which is very important. But we also have, we have to figure that out. So yes, bio is definitely open to European companies. We really encourage it. We already have a number uh, of mm. European and Asian companies that are part of our programs that are taking advantage of all of the savings that they can get. They also reach out to us. And again, advocacy in the U.S., capital formation in the U.S. is so important to those companies in Europe. And so we're attacking it Absolutely. all. So we're a conference for sure. Um, and make no mistake about it, we're going to have fun in San Diego. And we're looking forward for everybody uh, to come and be back in person. Uh, but we're actually actively reaching out. We want everybody to look at the whole of bio. We are on Capitol Hill. That's why I'm on Capitol Hill. That's why I live here right now. We're on Capitol Hill fighting for the industry every single day um, for policy ideas that help our industry grow. Now it's good to hear. I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, the United States and Europe in terms of biotechnology should work closely together. On one hand, uh, in Europe, we have this Horizon Europe program, which, which is great because it pulls a lot of capital into early stage research. But I think we lack two things. You talked about capital markets. I think the capital markets in the United States are more robust and there is more capital available for translating technology into products. And the second thing is what I always envy the United States for, entrepreneurship. How do you see entrepreneurship in biotech in the United States? Well, we certainly, um, up until, you know, there was a uh, kind of the last couple months freeze in the financial markets, we were seeing a huge growth. I mean, uh, prior to the current state where there is a uh, kind of a been a really uh, chilling slowdown. Prior to that, we had several years of kind of explosive growth. Um, capital, I wouldn't say was easy to come by, uh, but capital was available. Um, and you saw that uh, people were starting to grow that. The other interesting thing, Christian, and um, as we look at this, um, you know, there are certain pockets in the United States that could really benefit from greater investment um, in biotechnology. Um, traditionally, biotechnology is centered around the hubs of uh, Boston, um, San Francisco, and we love those areas. Those are great feeders for everything. But you're now starting to see biotechnology entrepreneurship expand in the U.S. to places like Georgia and mm. Phoenix, Arizona and Chicago um, as the country starts to diversify and understanding um, that biotechnology jobs uh, are not old style factory jobs. I mean, these are these are these are jobs uh, that um, pay extremely well, offer great benefits and offer people an opportunity 
opportunity to really sink their teeth in to solving some of the world's greatest challenges. And again, bio is not just biopharmaceuticals, although that is an, a really, really important thing that we are working on. We are also have companies at bio uh, that are working in the environmental space on uh, ending food hunger. I mean, think about it. In the United States, we have a lot of these empty strip malls uh, that, used, that, that sprung up in the 80s and 90s. If we could convert those because of biotechnology into hydroponic farms where you could produce food farm to table food um, in uh, economically challenged areas. Think of the impulse. I mean, right now, biggest health disparities in the United States are in park pockets of poverty. We have a, an entire obesity belt because of the fact that that's easier to get fast food than it is to get fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Biotechnology has the power to transform that. I absolutely agree with that. There's so much more into it, uh, as you say, than drug development. But uh, I'm coming from the drug development space. So yes. basically, my thinking revolves around that part. Um, what are what are the big trends that you currently see in bio in your organization? Well, one of the things that we're uh, starting to see, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about our convention. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Christian. We were, um, we're there's a little bit of nerves about should we have this again live and in person? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have seen. You know, we saw we saw COVID. Then we saw Delta, then we saw Omicron, uh, then you saw, you know, uh, these different various strains. And so three different times at a minimum, everyone thought it was time to take off the masks and go back to living life. And we got kicked in the head. Um, and so so there's a little bit of nerves. Um, but our CEO and our events team made the decision back in January um, when we saw the trends and we knew where the science was, we said, we're going, we are going to have a live and in-person event. We're not going to do a hybrid event. We are going to do an event that is going to bring people back. It's time for people to come back. More importantly, it's time to celebrate the work of our industry. Um, you know, conferences are a multi-billion dollar business uh, in the United States and in Europe and in some Latin American countries where uh, big conventions go in. You draw 10, 20,000 people to a, to a city. That's massive economic development. That provides jobs in San Diego. It provides economic security. It provides a forum. And guess what? For two years, almost three years now, that's been silenced. All of those jobs have gone away. All of that economic power, that engine was silenced. And you know what? It's coming back. And so uh, Dr. Michelle McMurray-Heath, our CEO, Dr. Michelle, um, said, we're going live. We're going to focus on going live. And we kind of held our breath. Um, we're still holding our breath, um, waiting to see how it's going to go. We are beating historical trends. Um, people are signing up. People, uh, our bet on live and in-person events is paying off. People are signing up by the droves. Our number line continues to go up. We haven't plateaued. Um, and so if people are listening and are interested, they can go to bio.org um, and check out our international convention. It's easy to sign up. Um, and more importantly, come check what we're all about. It's important to understand that the conference is important. It brings all the best minds together. We've got terrific speakers and opportunities. Uh, Venus Williams and Aaron Andrews are going to be there to uh, address the convention and uh, give a speech. Dr. Michelle McMurray-Heath is going to be interviewed uh, by Dr. Sid uh, Mukherjee, 
um, the author of The Emperor of All Maladies. And they're going to talk about what our industry did to get out of COVID. And they're also going to be talking about how science could be the next social justice issue of our time. How if we are going to end um, you know, things like, um, you know, food uh, insecurity, if we're going to uh, make sure uh, that people across the economic spectrum have access to our medicines, if we are going to make sure um, that biotechnology is going to be at the forefront of ending greenhouse gases, that means science should be a social justice issue. Dr. Michelle McMurray-Heath has been pushing that as a um, theme of hers. She'll be talking to Dr. Sid Mukherjee. There's also going to be unlimitless networking opportunities. So as you and I talked a little bit, when you want investments, and so if you're a European company and you are thinking about how do I get investments, you can come to the United States and go to our partnering, unprecedented partnering application. If you sign up for BIOS partnering, what it'll do, again, let's go back to our fake company, the Chris and Rich company. Um, we want to get capital. Um, and so we have an unlimited opportunity, if you and I go to San Diego, to fill our calendar with meetings with prospective investors. Then we can pitch those investors and we can tell them how we're going to end male pattern baldness. And guess what? We're going to have an amazing opportunity to partner with people who can actually put money into action so that we can actually do that science. So there's a thousand reasons why people should come be there in person. You know, deals happen all the time on the sideline. You know, the history is replete with the next big drug. Someone was walking down the hallway, saw an investor that she knew and reached out and they just happened to catch up. So we've got so many opportunities at Bio 2022, um, and we would love to see all of our European friends. It's a historic opportunity for us. Uh, capital is difficult to come by. If you want to look at capital, there's no better place to be than in San Diego, June 13, 14, 15, and 16. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. I absolutely agree that Spio is always a great event and uh, I love the partnering. Um, let me ask you one question. Um, I experienced both worlds now. Before the pandemic, I perceived the pharma industry and especially all, all biosectors, let's just call it that way. I was uh, before I moved in the pharma industry, I was in agriculture. And both worlds were basically, I would say, more or less not so much digital. Uh, We met in person and then March 2020 changed everything. And uh, from one day to the other, the real world was gone and everything moved into the digital space. Uh, I'm curious to hear your opinion. Um, 
we now have two years of digital events and we now have uh, hopefully coming these real life events uh, back to us. Where do you see the uh, advantages and disadvantages of both formats? Is there anything in the digital world that you think you could take with you into the future? Or is the real life world like we are going to see now in San Diego uh, again? Is it uh, the way to go? Well, it's a great question, Christian. And let me, um, uh, we, it's one that we have thought about a lot um, to kind of re-envision mm-hmm. what a convening model, what a convention model looks like in a post-pandemic world. Um, and, you know, there's, first of all, there's nothing that substitute being live and in person. Those interactions that you have in the hallway, you cannot, you cannot replicate yes. that um, in a virtual world. You just can't. However, one of the things that we did learn is that, um, and one of the things that we were going to even before, was the content that uh, happens at convention is so rich um, and it's so evergreen. In other words, it doesn't just go away. I mean, in those four days. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's amazing for people to be able to see that. And there's almost too much. I mean, you can physically, Christian, you know as well as I do since you've been. You can go to convention and you can go to one meeting after the next for four straight days and still miss half of the stuff that's going on. Right. There's so much interesting content there. So one of the things that we have done is we have built um, a content engine. Um, And this is this has been my kind of baby. We have built a content engine to be able to create a long lasting experience uh, for people. So we've done many things. And I'm really happy you asked me about this. Every single morning in your inbox, you can get a daily email from bio. And it's called Good Day Bio. Um, And it is a three to five minute read. It takes you three to five minutes to read it. And it talks about everything that's happening in Washington, D.C., which will impact capital markets. It'll impact the legislation. It's a quick, easy read every single solitary morning. Um, And the reason that that is important is we think it's important to touch all of our members on a daily basis, not just when something bad is happening, but let's talk about the great things that are going on. So Good Day Bio also was born of this uh, idea that we had at going to convention and creating more content. So in other words, um, let's go back to our fictional company, uh, Christian. Mm -hmm. You and I go to Startup Stadium at convention, and you and I make a presentation at Startup Stadium about our new technology um, to end male pattern baldness. We make this great piece of content. We now can take the uh, many pieces of content that occur at bio um, and make them available throughout the rest of the year. So one of the things that we did during the lockdown and during pandemic was we learned how to basically create this content. Um, again, it doesn't replace being there live and in person, um, but it will make the content that is uh, that you have at convention live a long, long time. And for those who can't make convention, if it's too late, you know, if you're in the middle of things and you can't make convention, if you go to 
bio.org slash good day. You can sign up for Good Day Bio. Every single day, you'll get updates about what's going on. You'll get links to important things. We have a team of reporters who actually are covering the events. So even if you don't go, and we urge everybody to go, again, it's the best converse convention imaginable. Um, But if you can't, you can still get updates. And more importantly, for those who do go, um, and who are there, you will also be able to be uh, for Good Day Bio Live. Um, we have a video wrap-up show um, for Good Day Bio Live. Every day gives kind of a highlights of what everybody had during the day. And this is something you can watch uh, forever. And then if you're plugged into our content engine, you'll be able to see this for the next six, seven, eight months. It, did I understand that correctly, that uh, when people, for example, panel discussions uh, at the conference, um, this was something I always felt a little bit sorry for. I mean, you have three to four speakers on a stage, which provide great content. And um, as you said, many people don't have time to attend the speech because they have one, one-on-one meetings. Uh, some partied a little bit too long in the day before and uh, wake up late and miss the event and others just got stuck in traffic. Uh, and this is in the past before 2020, I always felt a little bit sorry for those people because I mean, they missed the great content. And uh, I think, as you said, the advantage of a digital world is uh, filming the content and putting it live. Did I, did I understand you correctly? You are going to do that in, in the next conference that you uh, film the presentations and put them online? Yes. So it'll be on demand um, and we'll have a fee um, just kind of like you do it like we did during the virtual world. So your original question was, how do we learn? So we learned that people would um, pay and be able to have um, a, um, you know, people would be able to pay and have an experience. So what we're going to do is we're going to package those up and for a fee on demand, you'll be able to watch those. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately a lot of the content is, is going to be seen throughout. I mean, there, but um, we want to make sure that we're kind of, you know, you know, taking the best of both worlds, the virtual world and marrying it with that, you know, unforgettable live experience. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is uh, the great thing to uh, film it and uh, it doesn't matter if there is a fee or not. I mean, it's... Uh... It, it was Warren Buffett is doing with Berkshire Hathaway. I think before mm-hmm. 2020, the Berkshire meetings were basically offline. You had to travel to Omaha, Nebraska. And now, since the pandemic, also this year, it was uh, um, it was broadcast via the internet. I think CNBC was doing that. And uh, the bio is doing pretty much the same model then. Yes. I mean, it's essentially kind of what we want to go to is we have to reimagine what a, um, uh, you know, what that is going to be like. We're not exactly like the uh, Berkshire Pathway um, uh, group. So we're not doing a hybrid version, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's, it's um, w- w- the, the decision was made, we're going to go, we're going to be live and in person. After the event, you'll be able to get it on demand. We are still encouraging everyone to go and, you know, be there and be in person. So we're, you know, we're not exactly following that model because we want to we want to encourage everybody to be there. And not to mention, with all due respect to Omaha, San Diego um, is not Omaha. So I... <laughs> stay with us. We'll be right back. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? 
Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yeah, San Diego has a beautiful uh, beach, I guess. And also what I saw, uh, uh, golf courts. So it's uh, also good for playing golf. I think at the convention center, around the convention center, four or five golf courts. So it's uh, basically interesting. (laughs) It's beautiful. And Omaha, listen, Omaha is a great place. Um, uh, There is, if you've not been to Omaha, it's terrific. We actually um, are planning a bioimpact in Omaha. Oh, really? Uh, This is for our our agriculture and environment companies. Mm. Uh, That's to be later in the fall um, because Omaha is a place that is starting to grow. It's starting to thrive uh, and it's becoming uh, in the Midwest of the United States, an area where um, agriculture and environment companies are starting to spring up as they come up with biotechnology solutions uh, for ending hunger and for helping to save the planet. So we've got that event. Um, that'll be in September in Omaha. We could be more excited about that as well. So as soon as we get done with that, we're moving <laughs> on to, to our next event. So if a full program, let's stay a little bit with the changes and the differences between pandemic and uh, and, and hopefully the post-pandemic world that we're entering right now and uh, that we're not going back to the pandemic world. Um, there is there's one thing that I really missed with the digital world. So if, um, when the pandemic started, I, I saw the positive sides and thought, okay, now more people are coming to conferences from all over the world because it's easy to dial in from Europe to the BioUS Digital in 2020 and 2021, also from Asia. What I realized, and I would like to hear your opinion on that, uh, whether I'm the only one who saw that or if there are also other people uh, who saw a similar thing, I realized that many people, because the prices were going down, uh, attended the bios just for for looking, for looking around, uh, engaging with people in meetings without real intention of doing business. When I remember the old bio system in Europe and in the United States, also the bio Europe here, uh, it was basically a commitment to go there. When I fly to San Diego, it's basically a week of my time. I need to pay attendance fee. I need to pay accommodation and food. And it costs a lot of money. And when you send a team of 10 people there, I think we have about $100,000 or so that people need to spend. So it's a commitment. And as far as I perceived the old bioformats, uh, people were really considerate with the time and were more into doing business than in the digital world. Is it only me that uh, saw that uh, problem with the digital versions or uh, are there also other opinions in the room on that? <laughs> I know. I, listen, I, I think you're hundred percent correctly uh, correct. And um, it's the reason that we did not do a hybrid event mm-hmm. um, because making that commitment um, both financially, because it's a financial commitment, um, but also for the time commitment. You know you're going to go. You know you're investing, um, and many times you're investor dollars. So why are you doing that? You have to do it. So it makes people more serious, and we don't have passive observers. The unfortunate part or the the downside, listen, we were able to pull off some terrific virtual events. Uh, the virtual events that we did in 2020 and 2021 were terrific. I mean, I watched all of this, many of the as I could get to. Um, I thought it was terrific, Um, but it doesn't replace that. Um, And, you know, one of the things that we continually saw 
is that it, what is missing in that live event is that commitment that you um, that you mentioned. Um, when you make a financial commitment, when you make a time commitment, when you're physically there, you're not going to sit in your hotel room and watch the sessions as they go. Um, the other thing is, you, you know, um, we believe that, you know, there's nothing replaces that kind of in-person experience. Again, we did a great job um, at pulling together the virtual world and we had some amazing speakers and we had, um, you know, we had a delay for those who, uh, you know, to make sure that people who had signed up for our conference um, in Asia, you know, were able to have content for an exclusive period of time. I mean, I think we did as good a job as you possibly can. Um, but the but the challenge you um, mentioned is exactly why we decided not to do a hybrid event, uh, because that commitment um, uh, shows, um, it, you know, makes people very serious about going there, uh, meeting folks um, and being able to use everything that's there. I mean, you can sign up for partnering meetings and you can do partnering meetings like this. Um, but when you're doing business, sitting across the table from someone is so important. And while you can do business via Zoom, we proved that over two years, it's not optimal. It's not the best way to do it. And that's one of the reasons uh, that we are so excited that we're going to be back in person this year in San Diego. I couldn't agree more. I think Zoom is great for uh, meeting people when you already know them. And also for doing podcasts, for example, like we are doing right now. There was one thing that I really missed uh, the minute we went into the digital area. Uh, um, in the in the digital realm of the pandemic, and it took me a while to figure out what it was. Whenever I signed up for a digital event, I had great meetings, so it was always great to talk to people. Um, but I had 10, 20 meetings and I thought something is wrong here. And uh, after a couple of digital conferences, I found out and uh, just show you the business cards from 2019. Whenever I came home from a real world bio, I had two or three piles of them. And then I thought, why don't I have so many business contacts with the digital bio? And I realized that most of the business cards I didn't get in one-to-one -one meeting. It was just this uh, lining up for coffee and starting talking with the person behind or in front of me. And this made, I think, 90% of my contacts. Did you Do you perceive that similarly or is it, was it just me that uh, had this experience? No, you are you're 100 percent correct. Um, and it's why, um, Christian, that we have really focused on making sure that this year's Bio 22 convention in San Diego, June 13th through the 16th, is filled with networking events. Um, so if you've been, I don't know, have you been to San Diego before? Not San Diego, Philadelphia and Boston was before, but San Diego, I don't think so. So San Diego, uh, and I, I'll be honest, I've not been to the San Diego convention, but everyone that has talks about the Midway experience. So the USS Midway is a battleship that is parked there. Mm -hmm. There will be thousands of people on this network. It is a premier networking um, party um, and a get together um, of the event. So we will be having a reception. Um, on the USS Midway. There are all of the networking receptions that, that um, we've had. There's going to be a 5K uh, run that I just signed up for yesterday. Oh, to run. Yes, it's on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a, a, a 5K. Um, we have, um, uh, there's going to be uh, various parties in the Gaslight District, which is nearby. And of course, the weather is perfect. And as you pointed out, there's golf courses if you want to go. Um, and so we know that 
you know, the business of doing business sometimes doesn't necessarily always happen sitting in a meeting room. It happens, you know, all across the city, and which is why we are so excited that we're going to be back live and in person. And it was so important for us to be able to have all of the networking um, experience available. We also um, are going to have at the convention floor, uh, the bio pavilion. Um, so at the pavilion, uh, people will be able to uh, see what bio is all about, right? So um, uh, they, they can see our ASCII group. Um, we have um, one of the things that we're trying to uh, get people to do, Christian, is to take ownership in bio. So we have a video series called I Am Bio, in which scientists in their labs can tell the story of why they're there. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the, the amount of stories that we have, have um, is just spectacular. So for instance, we're, we have scientists who lost a mother or a father from a disease, and every day they get up working on that disease in their lab. So we feature them. So we're going to have an IM bio area where people can come by and talk about the things that they are doing and why they, I am bio. That's the kind of the tagline, I am bio. We also have our own podcast that Dr. Michelle McMurray Heath um, mm -hmm. uh, does. It is called I am bio. It's available wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your the, this great podcast from. It's I am bio. It's about a 20 minute, um, uh, you know, the, the thing is an award winning, award nominated um, podcast. So again, it helps tell that story of where we are. It'll also talk about the advocacy efforts we have. People can sign up for Good Day Bio, our daily Good Day Bio newsletter, again, which is really important for everyone to do. <clears throat> Um, and we are going to be having a very aggressive effort to get folks to, to look at that. The other thing we've just recently launched is bio.news. So it's www.bio.news. And what it is, is it is bio told from our perspective. Science, um, you know, the public policy debates that we've got going on now here in the United States, in Europe, and elsewhere, we have reporters in Europe, we have reporters in Asia, we have reporters in the United States who are reporting on biotechnology for us, and this gives you access to that and all this content. So when I talk about building a content machine, Christian, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I would urge everyone listening to this to try to engage with us here and learn what's going on. Because the policy that happens in the United States affects Europe. Um, the policy choices being made in Brussels has an impact in the United States. And obviously, what happens in Asia affects all of us as well. Um, so there's one stop shop to get all that kind of information. And that's at the Bio Pavilion. If you're going to be at the Bio um, Convention, come visit us at the Bio Pavilion. If not, you can uh, plug in and check it out. Um, we are all over the Internet. No, I agree to uh, your theme of this year's bio, Limitless. And you mentioned before that uh, the bio is not only in the convention center, the bio is everywhere in the city. I remember the 2018, I think it was in Boston, um, when I left the convention center for having uh, getting some food and a, li a little walk um, in between meetings. And when I was lining up at a fast food restaurant, Uh, behind me, a woman started talking with me and um, asked me if I'm also uh, at the convention and we exchanged business cards. And it is uh, since then a, a great contact of mine and we did podcasts together. Uh, and she's actually from Europe. She's a European investor and I met her in Boston at the bio. So your, your format definitely works. And as you said, um, 
the challenges are multinational and what happens in Europe affects the United States and vice versa. So we need to work together. Let me ask you one question with looking back to 2020. What I'm curious to hear and learn from you as a conference organizer, um, the world shuts down from one day to the other. And I never had a chance to talk with someone what's what happened behind the scenes. I think the preparation of the bio is not uh, something that you can do in a week. I think it's probably six to 12 months in advance that you need to start planning, putting things together. And then suddenly two months before the bio, the world changes completely. Do you want to give some insights how that challenge was for your team? Uh, it was it was challenging. Least um, so March fifteenth was the uh, March thirteenth I think maybe thirteenth to the fifteenth was our last day in the office. Um, mm -hmm. We thought that, and again, we're part of the industry. We thought we were going to be out of the office for a couple of weeks and that everything would kind of get back to normal. So we planned full steam ahead um, to be in um, San Diego um, that following June. Um, it was within a few weeks we realized that that was not going to be possible. Um, and so we had to shift on a dime um, and it was uh, extremely difficult, as you might imagine, to, mm -hmm. to be able to do it. Couple that with the fact that um, our new CEO started June 1st um, of that same year. So we had a new CEO uh, come in um, to take over the organization at the same time. So it was all hands on deck. Um, and fortunately, because we had already begun to build our content machine, we were better prepared, I think, than most to be able to shift to that virtual mm -hmm. world. Um, I started at Bio in June of 20. So I was at the Philadelphia convention that you were at. That was my first convention as a Bio employee. And what I saw there was a massive amount of content that we were not grasping, that we are not grabbing, that we are not taking care of and not repurposing. And so when I came in, we shifted our communications focus to grabbing that content and making it live throughout the year. So we had already begun that process. Um, we were already planning to do a bunch of video type content at the uh, 2019 conference in or 2020 conference in uh, San Diego. Mm -hmm. So we were a little bit ahead in terms of being able to shift to the virtual world. Also, our events team, um, which is I'm telling you, Christian, you've been to these events. Our events team is second to none on the planet in terms of producing an excellent show, an excellent experience from the moment you get off the plane to the moment you leave. Uh, our our group makes sure you feel welcome and plugged in and included. So we have the best events team in the world. I'm I'm biased, of course, but we have the best events team. They will be able to shift and move things rapidly into that virtual space. And then, to be honest with you, we are flying a little bit the airplane while we were building it um, and reading the instruction manual all of the. It worked. Um, we learned a lot of lessons. Um, but then what it did was we still didn't know if 2021 would happen. Uh, we were still hopeful that 2021 would be an in-person event because at the time we weren't sure exactly when we knew our companies were racing toward the finish line. We knew our companies um, that are bio members. They had 900 uh, treatments, vaccines, diagnostics, 900. That's 
breathtaking. So we knew that there would be an end. We just didn't know when. And so we had to, we had to hold our breath. Um, and it was probably around uh, December when the first vaccine started coming out um, in Europe and then, you know, and then in the United States. And then we watched the data as it came in. And it was probably mid-spring when we decided it's going to have to be a virtual, a second virtual convention. But by that point, we had planned a little bit better. But you're right. Um, it is a 12-month process um, uh, to peak back behind the curtains a little bit. Uh, you know, again, our conference this year is going to be in San Diego, June 13, 14, 15 and 16. We will start planning the very next week uh, for Boston uh, in 2023. Uh, we're already planning for it. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, at the Bio Pavilion, you'll be able to sign up. You'll be able to get you know discounts on being able to come uh, and visit us in Boston. Again, another reason why to go why you should go to San Diego is it's uh, it's it's good business to be able to come back um, uh, to Boston because 2023, um, you know, we will have been you know three years, four years past uh, the pandemic. So we're hoping that we um, you know shatter records even even greater when we're in Boston in 2023. Yeah, Boston is also closer to Europe, so it's uh, San Diego is a little That's bit true. <laughs> well, but uh, you may, I mean. I agree to everything you say. So um, going to bio, uh, your team is doing a great job. So I always enjoyed it from the first minutes to the last minute. And I always felt sorry when the four days were over. So it goes by so fast and so quickly. Um, when we had, when we entered the pandemic, I think the, the first event that was canceled and put digital was the bio Europe here in Europe. And I was hoping um that as you mentioned that we can go back uh to i think you planned uh you said san diego, san diego it was san diego in 2020 it was and unfortunately it didn't happen and also a year later but one of the success stories as you mentioned um was the joint um effort of pfizer a us-based company and biontech to bring the vaccine very quickly to the pay, uh, to the to the head healthy population and also moderna um had mm. similar technology in development and was also very quick in developing it and i think this is also behind the scenes as you mentioned maybe we can emphasize that a little bit more that people understand that bio is not a conference only you're doing a lot in the background so it are they are they all members of your organization as well so you're they are hmm? Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yeah. All of them are members. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, um, you know, much of the collaboration on the mRNA vaccine technology um, happened between companies 
um, uh, you know, who had collaborated, who met at bio, who partnered at bio, who worked through the partnering system at bio. Um, you know, Moderna is a perfect example of, of a, uh, of a company that um, no one had heard of. Um, everyone has kind of heard of Pfizer. Um, it's a you know, multi-generational um, group. Um, um, but, you know, um, uh, BioNTech um, and Moderna, no one really had heard of them. So Moderna and BioNTech members, um, you know, we have, again, a thousand members um, of our company. So, um, you know, we also have, you know, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and Merck and, you know, all of the, uh, you know, the large big companies as well. Um, but we um, we really focus on that small stage early development um, because they're part of this ecosystem. A lot of people don't understand this. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of heard of Pfizer and the big companies. They are very important in the ecosystem. They invest in the small companies. They help these small companies grow and become big. And one of the things we learn and we look at both Moderna and BioNTech and Pfizer partnership. Um, and if you look at those, um, it's an excellent example of why the work bio does is so important. Um, it is really important to have a, uh, a large company um, that helps to invest and grow in these small companies. And so what bio does, bio the organization does, is we help these small companies. Uh, and we want to help them with public policy challenges. We want to help make them meet, um, you know, the Pfizer's and the Merck's and the large companies. That's what we do is we partner and bring people together. I mean, our whole function is to bring the small, medium and large companies all together. No other organization in the world is doing that today. And a lot of people don't understand it because our because in all fairness, our conference is so awesome. People think it's just a conference. We're actually far more than a conference. And we are really looking forward to seeing everybody in San Diego so that we can engage them and let them know we really want to help. We want to help grow your business. Uh, we want to help part help you get partnered with a large company or an investing group. We want to help you reduce your expenses and get savings through our bio business solutions program, right? Sign up to bio and immediately you get discounts. You know, someone was saying, uh, we were talking the other day, small companies save the, on average four, five, six times what they pay in dues just by being part of bio. So being a bio member is critically important. And a lot of people don't realize that you, you don't just have to come to the conference. We want you to join. We want you to be part of our movement. Now I agree to everything you say. I'm working with uh, I work with small biotech companies since 2006. Uh, it's it's a while. So one was of it was Nabriva. It got listed uh, on the Nasdaq oh. via an IPO, and you need these small biotech companies because they do a lot of research that is in the early stages far too small for big pharma. And the tricky thing always is how do you get in touch with the big corporations in a time and cost efficient way. And I completely agree to what you say, BioUS and your organization uh, is doing a great job in helping these companies. I mean, as you said, BioNTech before 2020 was also more or less a very small biotech company. Uh, nobody knew it. And this is very often the same with all other biotech companies that when a problem occurs, then you need a solution and you need these small companies working on solutions at a time when you don't have the problem. And 
the question that I have to you at uh, the end of our recording um, is when I look now towards San Diego, um, one final big question from my end, um, the side events that you plan to have where people meet uh, colloquially, can you explain a little bit more you mentioned already the 5k run and also the other events what events uh, are there happening besides the bio us that help people uh get together also in in restaurants and in bars and uh, uh doing sports yes so there's almost too many to mention we only have a few minutes left so um but it, it, there is a mass schedule um that of events that we have bio.org uh, and then go to our international uh convention page um and there's a whole schedule of events which is um really really will help plug you in and if you're coming you can actually um just follow it um if you are uh, following us on um on your uh on your iPhone with with uh, plugging directly in to bio.org. But let me give you a few highlights. So the Midway is probably one of the most exciting that we um, that, that we have. We have the welcome reception. It's Monday. It's on the exhibit floor. It's going to be a it's going to be a homecoming of sorts. Um, we've got a lot of surprises. We don't want to tell everybody, but come to the floor on Monday. It's a welcome reception. It's going to be killer. Um, Midway is, you know, one of the most uh, historic Uh, battleships uh, in the United States. We're going to have a big party uh, there. Almost every night, uh, there's going to be ways in which you can network and get together. And there are also many, many smaller group parties throughout. Um, one of, you know, we have uh, the Council of State Business, um, uh, State uh, uh, Biotech Sciences. So all 50 states um, that we represent. So in every one of the U.S. states or almost every one of the U.S. states, There are local chapters of bio, which a lot of people don't know. They're going to be having events throughout the city as well. Um, and so there are so many opportunities, so many networking opportunities um, that it's really, really, really amazing. Rich, there is uh, now the really final question. Thank you for, for the explanation. Uh, did I miss anything that you would like to say? Is there anything open that you would like to uh, to to? give to the people right now at the end of the recording? <laughs> uh, no, I, I just looking forward to seeing everybody in San Diego, June 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, there's never, ever been a better time to celebrate the work of the millions of scientists working in our labs on so many solutions that will save the planet. Um, again, You need no the, the, you need no look further. You need not look any further than what happened in COVID to understand how um, we need a victory lap. The industry has been working 24-7 for almost three years now. Um, it's time to relax. Let's get down to business. Let's get back to business. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in San Diego. Christian, I'll see you on the Midway. Absolutely. Rich, thank you very much for your time. And I'm looking forward to meet you and your team at the BioUS in San Diego in June. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy this episode? Then 
please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast and a comment and like on YouTube. It helps to make sure that the episode gets delivered to people who might also benefit from it. Thank you very much and have a great day.